ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Suds and the Squared Circle podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella, and I am here with you again today. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. It's actually my one-month wedding anniversary. Got married a month ago today, and uh, you know what? It was a great day. I'll leave it at that. Anyways, moving on. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, big news coming out of the soap world uh, that does not include, that does not uh, necessarily impact General Hospital, but it could impact General Hospital and the entire soap genre going forward. Uh, got a lot to go over in WWE, the Triple H regime. Uh, Paul Levesque, in charge of talent and creative, is in full swing and it's full steam ahead. And you know, I'm going to go into that, go to into that later. And one of the, some of the biggest news that came out of this past weekend's uh, WWE shows. And no, I'm not going to go into AEW because you know what? Quite honestly, AEW just doesn't compete with the WWE. Uh, other than some news about Tony Khan's mental state and some of the backstage news that I've been hearing in terms of rumor and innuendo about the backstage workings of all elite wrestling, now that Triple H is in uh, basically in direct competition with AEW, and Triple H is a man in charge now. But kind of moving on, let's start off with soap opera news and notes. And let's go with Days of Our Lives, the biggest news that's out there. First of all, before I even get to that, let me kind of give you a little bit of overview of what I've been doing. If you follow us on Twitter, at suds underscore sq underscore, no, no, it's, I'm sorry, it's under, it's uh, at suds sq circle pod. On Twitter, you would be seeing a daily or weekly tweet giving out certain awards. And that's right. So daily, based upon the episode of General Hospital that airs that day, I give out my Golden Bubble Award. Now, that's not going to be every day, because not every day somebody is featured specifically in a, in a very strong role, right? However, last Friday, Brooke Kerr, who plays Portia Robinson on General Hospital, Trina's mom, she got the Golden Bubble for last week. Uh, Sophia Matson for yesterday... Uh, for Twitter, uh, uh, for yesterday's episode, got the golden bubble for her portrayal of Sasha. And I'm telling you, Sasha, just the raw emotion that you could feel out of it is just fantastic. Uh, I'm sorry, no. I got to back up a little bit. It was Thursday that was Brooke Kerr. It was Friday that was uh, Sophia Matson. I know, I get my stuff confused. However, also for wrestling, I give out my Golden Turnbuckle Award on for Raw or SmackDown. And last week, in general, the Golden Turnbuckle Award went to Triple H just for his regime starting and coming into power and the fantastic creative television writing that he's been going through. And you know what? I'm wondering if he's even he's, he's in charge of uh, NXT or if he's leaving that to Shawn Michaels. Either way, his first week of full programming... Was, starting with SummerSlam, was fantastic. Last night on Monday Night Raw, the Golden Turnbuckle went to Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits. Uh, even though it was a losing effort against Seth Rollins, he held his own, and he, he's very underrated. He had a fantastic showing, but another person that could have been in the running was Tommaso Chandler, excuse me, Champa, who had a fantastic showing against Bobby Lashley in another losing effort for the United States Championship. Who he dedicated his match to Harley Race. It actually came out in Harley Race's inspired robe uh, 
hardly being a WWE Hall of Famer, but also a former NWA World Champion, former United States Champion in his own right. Also, you know, when I met Harley, see, here's the thing. When I met Harley Race, not met him, but was introduced to him, he was king in WWE, King Harley Race, because I started watching in the late 80s. I didn't know his whole pedigree until later on when I got older and started watching more WCW and uh, more of the uh, back, you know, back stuff once the WWE Network came along. And, you know, I didn't realize he had that lineage, you know. Same thing with Dusty Rhodes. When Dusty Rhodes came into the WWE and the Polka Dots, I thought that was, like, his first go-around, you know what I mean? I didn't know all of his history, uh, you know, that had basically been around and been, in, you know, been involved. I thought that the common man, you know, the American Dream, was the first character he ever portrayed until I saw him in WCW. And that's when I started digging back and going back into the 70s and hearing about the Hard Times interview and promo. Um, you know, I had always heard of Ric Flair, you know, because he was always in the pre the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Not so much the, uh, not so much Dusty Rhodes until I really started looking, you know what I mean? Because it, it was always Hogan and Flair who were basically the tops. With that said, um... So those are my two daily or weekly awards based upon whether it's a uh, soap opera, General Hospital, or WWE uh, episode of maybe Raw or SmackDown. Um, if I start getting the time to watch NXT, I'll start doing it for NXT as well, but I'm not too sure yet. But we'll see. Uh, but let's kind of go into our uh, the first topic, and that's big news in the soap opera world. Days of Our Lives is moving it's going to stay with NBC, but it's moving to Peacock only, streaming service only. That time slot's going to be NBC News or whatever. It's going to simulcast on, you know, NBC News, CNBC, and, and the NBC network. Whatever. You know, I would have ventured to say that that's the way the television is going. Uh, as you can see, I mean, me, and, and I know a lot of other people, we watch our soap operas on, on Hulu or on, you know, streaming services. I don't know if, you know, currently, if Days of Our Lives, once it's done airing, that it's up on Peacock later that night. I don't know because I don't follow Days of Our, Our Lives too much. However, I did kind of put out a tweet, uh, actually a, uh, a poll a couple, uh, not too long ago. And the poll that I had, the poll that I put out, um, I basically said that, uh, I basically said that, you know, with with Days of Our Lives Beyond Salem, is streaming a good way to do spinoffs and kind of capitalize on different audiences? And the fact is, is yeah, absolutely. So General, you know, General Hospital was ahead of its time when it did the spinoff of uh, Port Charles. Um, and quite honestly, I think it's one of those things where uh, if it had come around now, like if you took the uh, teenage characters, you know, the, the younger characters, you know, Jocelyn, Cameron, Trina, Spencer, Esme, uh, and, and, and some of the closer ones, Elizabeth, Finn, uh, you know, and of course you're going to have Carly on there anyways. Um, but if you kind of took those core group and put them onto a spin-off series of Poor Charles or, or whatever, that you know, General Hospital, the interns or the teenage, you know what I mean? You, you do that. You know, Willow, Michael, and you do that. I think it could be great on either Hulu or Disney Plus. 
I mean, they have two different streaming services. Uh, ABC does. So, Days of Our Lives in general, the actual soap itself is going to move to a streaming exclusive um, platform. And, you know, again, it was done previously with All My Children and One Life to Live when they went to Prospect Park after they were canceled by ABC. Um, and you know what I have to say? It was a really good um, idea at the time. But Prospect Park didn't wasn't set up to do that. They didn't have the, the, the lineage writers, you know what I mean? Like, they changed too much too quickly. A lot of the uh, legacy viewers of those soaps, they were upset because of you know, even in like in the first week or two, too much swearing, too much, you know, that was changed about the actual traditional um, soap operas. I enjoyed it, but that's because I was in a younger audience. I watched every episode of All My Children and One Life to Live when it was on, uh, on Hulu, you know, when it was Prospect Park's version. Of course, it didn't last. Um... But at the same time, I think, it, it again, it was ahead of its time. With NBC and Peacock, you actually are going to keep the same production team that's currently, you know, the same writing, the same directors, the same production, the same budget. You're going to, and maybe even an increased budget, you're going to have all the same just moving over to Peacock. And if you have the premium plan, which I do, I pay 10 bucks a month, you don't have to worry about commercials. That's why I love streaming. I pay for Hulu Plus. I pay for all the pluses in order to make sure I'm not watching commercials. And I think that's going to be the way to go. Now, it's going to alienate some of the older fans, you know, the older people that don't have access to streaming. There are some still out there um, that don't use online, that don't use, you know, Hulu or, or Peacock or what have you. But, you know, I, I think it's kind of a risk versus reward. I think you're going to end up getting more people tuning into Peacock now. And maybe there will be people, you know, that are going to invest in smart TVs now. You know, they're, they're going to have to get younger people to kind of show them how to work it. Like, here's the thing. Like, obviously, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, both the experience and the drive-thru. And while I can't stand his political stuff, I love his wrestling stuff. But he's the epitome of the older audience. When he has to watch a pay-per-view, he buys the pay-per-view through the cable company, unless his charter, you know, the Spectrum gives him problems, right? But other than that, he does buy the pay-per-views. If he has to stream, he sits at his computer, because he doesn't, whether he doesn't know how to use a smart TV, or he doesn't have a smart, I think he does, or a Roku box, or whatever the case may be, and he does, um... You know, like his wife will get him set up, and he said that. You know, his wife got Peacock on his big TV, so he didn't have to sit at his computer. But, you know, it's, it's people like that where you, unless you're willing to change with the times and adapt, it's almost like the newspaper industry. One of my, one of my current jobs right now is uh, customer service for newspapers. And there are a lot of newspapers that have seized, you know, production on one day where they're only doing online. Um... For example, the Maine Today Media, Portland Press-Herald, you know, they seized Mondays. So they're not delivering papers on Mondays. They're still producing a paper, but it's only online as an e-edition. Um, there's some other ones that are out there. Um, the Columbus Dispatch, they stopped Saturdays. So it's the same thing. Everything is moving digital, whether it's on a, a tablet or a phone or a computer. 
everything is moving that way. And soap operas are going to be next. I, I, I would foresee in the next five years that the majority of over-the-air cable or even, you know, you know, a lot of the over-the-air networks, I should say, or, or cable is going to be basic news because a lot of stuff is going to go to streaming or the, the, they're still going to have that core audience that's going to watch it, but a lot of the better stuff is going to be on streaming. Whether, you know, for ABC, is it going to be Hulu or Disney Plus? Is it, you know, for CBS, they have Paramount Plus. For NBC, they have Peacock. Fox is also Hulu. Because um, uh, Hulu is a uh, corroboration between ABC and Fox. So that's why WWE stuff is on there. Although WWE, ha even though has the rights from ABC, Raw is still on there and, and stuff, whatever. But I, I still watch uh, Peacock for NXT. But either way, the, the fact of the matter is, a lot of the soap operas are going to be going in that direction. I, fi I figure that's going to happen within the next five years. Um, you're going to see a lot of the programming just go directly to streaming. Fox, I think, also has like the Fox Now app or whatever. Um, so there's a lot on there. With that said, um, I do feel that a lot of um, a lot of stuff that happened last week. So, kind of let's let's move on to the General Hospital recap from last week. And remember, I don't go over Monday's episodes because I, you know, it's no reason to put it Monday. I'm trying to get them earlier. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully, I can start recording on a Sunday so I don't kind of miss a day. But either way, it's, it's it is what it is, right? Um, last week. You know, we didn't have too much of the trial. Like I said, I exonerated Trina last week with the streaming um, directly to the um, projector uh, idea, which obviously they, the jury's been in deliberations, right? Um, and quite honestly, last week, Sasha had a lot going on. Last week, um, Last week we had a lot with uh, Trina's family and, and what the possible outcome of the jury trial could be. Uh, you know, you also have you also had a lot with uh, Brooklyn and Chase last week. Now we're all waiting for Brooklyn and Chase to get into a uh, a relationship, right? Because they're kind of tiptoeing around it, or they don't want to mix r romance and pleasure, or they have this thing going on with Link. But either way, you know, it's just amazing to me how they're just going to keep tiptoeing around it. Um, and then on Tuesday of last week, basically, um, Terry confirmed that Willow's blood work was consistent with leukemia. Um, and right away, which I was kind of shocked that Willow did her, like right when she was there, um, she had a bone marrow biopsy. Right, and uh, you know that's a painful thing. Without being able to get the epidural or, or the, the you know they just had general anesthesia, and, you know they wanted to get a, she wanted to get a rush on the results, and she didn't want to tell Michael, which I think is kind of ridiculous. You know what I mean? I feel bad for Michael and the fact that his wife, you know, fiance, girlfriend, ex-wife, whatever she is to him, is having a uh, you know a problem with. Uh, telling him the truth, you know, I mean, I understand you don't want your significant other to worry, but you're pregnant with his baby, and, and something might be wrong with you, so 
come on now. I mean, I'm as prideful and proud as, as everyone else, but when I was hurting, you know, I had my wife bring me to the hospital, or my fiance at the time, bring me to the hospital um, because I was in much pain, and it turned out to be kidney stones. And that's painful if I'll ever tell you anything. Uh, so, basically, Willow's going through that. You know, her blood work is consistent with leukemia, and, um, you know, quite honestly, they want to focus on that first. Um, and, again, she doesn't want her doctors to tell Michael. I mean, it's her privacy, right? But still. Um, so... Elizabeth, you know, I, I think they're they're giving Elizabeth a really weird story. Like, obviously, she's she's not over Franco's death, which is over a year ago, right? Um, but at the same time, she's having some kind of PTSD trauma with you know her parents. You know, she she fell down the stairs, or she could she dropped all her paperwork, and, and then just kind of went into the fetal position on the stairs um, because. Uh, she started hearing, you know, she's flashed back to Peter uh, in the hallway, right? And then she heard Daddy and Mommy and the, the girl's little voice. You know, I'm, I'm assuming it's from her being a child and, you know, her parents going off to do whatever they did, right? I don't know much about uh, the Webbers, Jeff and, and Jeff Weber and then his wife. So I don't know much about Elizabeth's backstory other than what, from what I've heard on the uh, Pier 54 411s that I've been hearing, you know what I mean? Um, which obviously check them out. Pier fifty four for the uh, for their Port Charles. Not only their their weekly recaps, but also their Port Charles four one ones are outstanding. I've learned so much just by listening to those Port Charles four one ones. Check them out at AGH Podcast, um, but also Pier fifty four wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, you know. Ava through Esme, uh, moving on to, you know, earlier, you know, also in that episode on Tuesday, um, Ava, we all know that Friday ended with Ava throwing Esme off the parapet, right? Or, or Esme falling off, either way. She, she went down like Mick Foley at, at the King of the Ring 98 off the Hell in the Cell. Um, however, uh, you know, now they're trying to worry about damage control, right? Nicholas went to find Esme, she couldn't find the body, um... And then, you know, Nicholas is trying to keep Ava out of the police, you know, and not calling 911 because she'll be the first suspect, the main suspect, right? Um, and then, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to paint, you know, Nicholas and, and, and Ava as this couple who are on again, off again, right? And, you know, honestly, at this point, they're completely off. Ava wants nothing to do with him after she found out that he slept with Esme. However, Nicholas is trying to keep her safe and keep her away from the, the, the authorities. I gotta give it to him, but again, you, he was stupid. Quite honestly. I wonder what Spencer's gonna do when he finds out. I don't know. Um, so, obviously this was still part of, during, you know, during the, uh, this was, uh, Tuesday, the was still part of the jury trial, right? And then, um, either way, um, you know, the jury went into deliberation right after Tuesday's episode. Spencer was arrested because during his testimony, he said that, you know, he was the one that was, you know, with Trina because he had gotten that day pass and he escaped. You know what I mean? Um, and with that said, it's like, you know, he's got to pay for his crimes. 
you know, he was taken, he was booked, he was, you know, I'd spend the night in jail, and, you know what I mean, like, he's gonna face his penalty, and he doesn't care, he, he sacrificed himself for Trina, which, honestly, not many people would do that, except for, well, love, right? Um, they found out that Oz was drugged, you know, the guy that was, uh, the drug, the, the guy who sold Esme the, um, uh, black market phone, right? They found out he was drugged with the exact same stuff that Spencer had come to Brit about. So they're kind of piecing it together that Trina was drugged. So it's slowly but surely dead there, but the storyline's kind of got to pick up, especially if the jury's deliberating, because then they can go in with more evidence and say, hey, wait a minute, hold on. We're dropping the charges. Right? And unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like uh, a lot of waste of money on the taxpayer's part. Um, Cameron came clean to Jocelyn last week, you know, saying that, you know, he he knew Spencer's plan all along about, you know, trying to work against Esme. And Jocelyn got pissed, but you know what? Here's the deal. Jocelyn's got a big mouth. Okay, she gets emotional. She's like a mother. She's like Carly. She gets emotional. And quite honestly, when you get emotional like that, you can't be trusted with certain information. So, um, when it comes to Cameron keeping it from Joss, I understand he wanted to tell her. And I understand that she's going to be pissed because he didn't. But look in the mirror. You cannot hold a secret. So, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, so... You know, it is, um, it's one of those things where I really feel like it's, was for Jocelyn's own good, and it was for Spencer's own good, not, you know, Cameron not telling her, because she would have done, you know, she would have screwed it up and saw it. She's like her mother, and, and, and I can easily see that. So, props to Jocelyn for playing the character that's so much like Laura Wright's Carly, you know what I mean? You know, she's upset, you know, that Cam, quote-unquote, lied to her. But he didn't necessarily lie to her. He just kind of kept things, kept it something to himself. You know, he could have said, you know, but I mean, even if he said something like, you know, Spencer's got a plan, she still would have blabbed it somehow. You know what I mean? It would have gotten back to Esme. Um, so when the trial was over for the day and the jury went to deliberate, you know, Rory, the, the, the new cop, um, he took Trina to the Metro Courts pool you know, and Trina couldn't stop talking about Spencer. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, Rory and Trina did kiss, but they're gonna, um, I don't know, I, I don't know what's gonna happen there. You know, Trina's like, I don't know if I could be with you because, um, you know, if I go to prison and you're a cop and, you know, the conflict of interest and, you know, um, and quite honestly, Rory was being a really good guy to her you know he was listening to her vent and listening to her ideas about spencer and and how she kept going off on him um you know and and rory said you know i wouldn't shed a tear if spencer fell into a hole and disappeared but he was happy just to listen to trina and that's that's the mark of a good guy right but of course you know i assume the end game is going to be trina and spencer and no i refuse to say quote-unquote sprina I do not mash names together. I don't like that. I think that's ridiculously and ridiculously stupid. Um, I don't do that. And I get it. On Twitter, you kind of have to, you know, you only, you only get 280 characters, so you kind of have to push 
you know, things together, but no, 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 sorry, sorry. Um, I don't do that. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff. So, Schmaltzy, our, our good buddy Schmaltzy, he's the, you know, the... He's the town heel, right? He's the biggest heel in Port Charles right now. You know, the the, the newspaper guy, the the paparazzo, who constantly is trying to get Sasha on a bad in a bad way, and this is where Sasha's uh, fantastic portrayal comes into play. And you know, right after Sasha had a had a argument with Brando because Sasha did not want to go to therapy and she thought Brando was controlling her, which you know, when you're an addict, sometimes you got to help. People got to help you make better decisions, right? But Brenda was trying to help her, and she was lashing out at him. They got into an argument, and the first thing she freaking does, I'm sorry, but I, yeah, but it's, you know, she's playing an addict. The first thing she does is hit up her contact who sells her drugs, her dealer, one of her dealers, I guess, um, the, the, the makeup artist, you know, that originally gave her the, whatever it was, the pills that she had for that first deception shoot, right? Um, so, um, Schmoltz, Schmoltzy, he uh, uh, set her up, right? And he met with Sienna, and Sienna was going to set up her phone to record the conversation of her of, of Sasha admitting that she was high when she ran down Harmony or wanting to get drugs or whatever, and he's just a piece of garbage. He's playing it fantastically. He's a slime ball. Um, and you know what? I did tweet out that he's the biggest heel in Port Charles, and God damn it, the guy liked it, and he you know, responded to it, and I gotta say that um, David Lautman Props to you, man. You are doing fantastic. So, um, he is the biggest heel in Port Charles right now. Um, and I got to say that. But anyway, so he did end up, um, you know, he did end up getting Sienna to try to set Sasha up. But then Sasha smelled a rat. Um, when Sienna started digging too close and, and started digging too much up. And then that's what happened when, you know, she saw Sienna in Smoltz's car afterwards, after the dinner blew up, right, um, and she went off, she took uh, a, a street sign that was in the parking lot of the Metro Court and demolished Schmoltz's car, right, she demolished, I mean, she's being held out, and now she's in prison, you know, she needs, we know she needs, you know, help, right, I don't know if it's going to be a, um, um, so, I, uh, don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. You know, are they setting it up where, you know, uh, it's a mental health problem or, you know, we know it's an addiction problem. Are they going to start to say that mental uh, addiction is mental health, which it is. Um, addiction is more of a, uh, uh, an illness of choice, right? Or a sickness of choice, disease of choice. But, you know, when you have an addictive personality, that's where it comes from. So, yeah, you need help, and she needs help. I mean, seriously, she needs help because she's not getting to the root of the problem. She's not getting to the root of what got her started on pills or drugs in the first place. And she hasn't hit rock, rock bottom. You know, she's got a great support system in Brando because Brando, you know, is a recovering addict himself, and he's gone through it. So I really look for that to kind of come full circle. Will this, now that she's, 
want you know now that she's you know facing charges of attempted murder and, and vandalism and you know what I mean aggravated assault or whatever um, will this be the rock bottom for her and you know she's gonna have to go to rehab she's gonna have to be spend some time in prison I assume um, you know what I mean and you know now the girl's a deception you know Lucy and, and Lucy wants to kind of put her oh, put her down right now and kind of take her out of the uh, face of deception role and get another person um, you know what I mean so that's basically where that came from right uh, you know that was on Friday's episode and then you know um, between Wednesday Thursday Friday Sasha's uh, Sasha's role was fantastic along with Brooke Kerr I'm going to say that too when Portia is going off on Curtis when Curtis and TJ are um, discussing ways to get Oz, I think his name was, out of the medically induced coma. Saying, oh, we can give him this kind of medication and this kind of medication and he'll come up, but the risk is death. And, you know, she's like, can't do that, you know, because you risk his health. And, you know, you're just, you know, to TJ, you're just starting out as a doctor and you don't want to screw up your career that badly. Um, and I get it. You know, it's something that you want to do for Trina. I appreciate it, but... You can't do it. I will not allow you to do that. However, Curtis turned the tables on, on Portia afterwards and said, oh, but you're going to do it. It's like, she's my daughter. I'm going to do what I have to do. And, and, you know, just, I can't do it justice. You're going to have to go up and watch the episode on Hulu. Um, and, and just absolutely fantastic performance by Brooke Kerr. Fantastic. Enjoyable. And you know what? I'm really, I'm not used to new characters, and it takes a while to warm up to them. But you know what? Good job to her, and she actually liked the the, the golden bubble announcement when I gave it to her last week. So, congratulations! Fantastic job, you know, to both Brooker and Sophia Matson on your portrayals uh, of last and last week. Um, you know, Sasha's just despondent right now in prison. You know, Gladys was trying to help her out. Uh, Brando was trying to help her out. Martin Grace is, is uh, you know, her her um, attorney. So she's got a good support system. Now it's just a matter of getting her into rehab. But fantastic job on all of that there. Um, you know, on all of that there. And then, um, you know, going into Friday's episode, this cliffhanger, you know, Sasha, again, you know, was just despondent while she was in the, in the holding tank, right? Um, in the uh, interview room. And Gladys came in to bring her a, a you know, a dress for court. Um, you know, and, you know, and then you kind of moved on. You know what I mean? It's like, Sasha's playing just somebody who's despondent. You know what I mean? And, and she did it so well. Um you know, now Chase, you know, Dante's asking Chase if, she, if he's going to go go back to the police force. Um, or Chase asked, you know, what the possibility was. Dante said the chances were slim, but you know what? Don't give up. Um, but, you know what? It's a possibility. But now with the whole thing with Brooklyn and, and trying to get back at Link, Link has Chase set up for a gig at the Savoy. So we're going to see some of this pop star side of, of Chase, you know, and, and see about this, this tug of war, right? between Brooklyn and Link. And quite honestly, Link is a slime ball too, but 
Um, you know, it, it's the music industry. Anybody who wants to see how cutthroat the music industry is, I recommend you watching the movie Be Cool um, with John Travolta and The Rock. And you know what? The, the, that movie's fantastic. It's based off the Elmore Leonard book, um, the sequel to Get Shorty, right? Uh, fantastic. But either way, moving, going back to General Hospital. Um, Dante basically told Brooklyn that he knew there was a scheme, right? And she kind of admitted to him, and or she kind of put on her best non-poker face, right? And um, you know what I mean. And uh, you know they're going back and forth, right? Obviously, Brooklyn and uh, and Dante go way back from the Bensonhurst days, um, back when Brooklyn was portrayed by the other girl. I forget what her name was, Adrian Lynn, maybe. Um, but either way, you know, Chase and, uh, is, you know, Link has, is starting to get the proposal together for, 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 uh, for Chase and trying to put him into some pretty good bookings as a singer, you know, get him some gigs in, um, not only Port Charles, but also in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going along with it. You know what I mean? Um, so... I think that's going to be a good, uh, good, good thing eventually when it comes out, right? I still don't know how they're going to catch Link or what it's supposed to accomplish, right? Is it that Brooklyn is supposed to book uh, Chase in better gigs and then, you know, sell Chase's contract to Link or and, and in order to get her songs back? I don't know what the end game is with that, so we'll have to see. Um, okay, so. Here's something that 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 is a very very weird storyline. Is Gregory and Alexis right? It's it's kind of one of those things that you see one or two scenes a week, you know what I mean? And, and one or two plots points a week of it, kind of getting started. Then it'll be a little better. Um, Gregory wrote an op-ed for um, the Invader, right? And Alexis obviously is in charge of the Invader. She's the editor. Um, which is obviously a different point of view than, than Alexis gives. Alexis is a... I don't know whether they're setting Alexis up to be, you know, part of the, uh, you know, uh, left-wing news media that's out there today where everything is, 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 is politicized and all Democrat, you know, and, and crapping on the Republicans and, you know what I mean, like most newspapers now, I think that's what they're going for considering Alexis, Nazi Lee Grant herself, is a huge liberal... Uh, blue, you know, um, Democrat, you know, she's got me blocked on Twitter because, you know, I, I, I don't support the liberals and the Democrats, but you know what I mean? So, um, she got my personal page blocked, I should say. Um, but, you know, Gregory is, you know, trying to say that um, Smoltz had crossed the line, right? Um, in that... Um, or Alexis is saying that Alexis is saying Smoltz crossed the line, right? And that you know um, Alexis is trying to add more of a human element to certain stories. However, Gregory said no, um, and and I guess that's kind of where it is. You know what I mean? Um, Gregory is trying to call out Alexis for adding a human element to a story. Like it's almost like a a very weird cross-section of where we are as a society today, right? We know the majority of media in, in you know, in the world 
in the U.S. especially, is kind of biased towards the left, right? They, they don't put a lot of facts out there. However, you know, you need, you need to start putting facts. But everything is about ratings. Everything is about viewership or readership or publish, you know what I mean? Like advertising dollars. So that's where a lot of stuff is, and it's more about ratings. It's not about news anymore. It's, you know what I mean? So um, basically, basically, Gregory is saying Schmoltz was, good, was right in, in, in presenting a lot of the facts of the story between Sasha, right? Um, Alexis basically saying that if, if, it was, if she only went with facts, it would be disservice. And to the readers, you know, to Sasha and the readers. However, Gregory's saying, well, wait a minute, hold on. Are you trying to present alternative facts, as in fake news? Um, however, she's trying to get context. She says that she's trying to give the story context. Um, so, Gregory's trying to say, okay, well, then you got to find out what Sasha's state of mind was. You know what I mean? And that the story can't be told um, without Sasha's state of mind as a mitigating factor, right? However, um, you know, they're wondering about HIPAA violations and everything. If she printed out some details of the drug addiction. Um, and so now they're kind of working somewhat together. And, and Alexis is taking some of Gregory's suggestions on how to... Eventually, I think it's going to turn into a roman romance, right? Um, but maybe Gregory's trying to bring the... Give newspapers more of a... Especially the Vader, more of a fact-based approach rather than cleaning it up a bit. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, now, here's here's something that not a lot of people like. Okay? The, the, the whole Brit and Cody... Um, Brit and Cody, right? Um, relationship or, or courtship or whatever it is. Obviously, you know that... that um, Britt and Cody were quote-unquote matched on society setups. And Spinelli being the one in charge of society setups was kind of blackmailed by Cody to set them up, right? But now Cody is blackmailing Spinelli. Well, that was kind of on Monday's show. So um, on Friday's show at the end, um, quite honestly, Brit, uh, I'm sorry, Sam and Maxie has you know, kind of been talking to Spinelli, and Sam keeps putting Spinelli, Spinelli on the spot, you know, saying, you know, what is it, what is wrong, why are you so off the wall lately, or what's going on, you know what I mean, and then, um, you know, when Maxie and Sam say that Cody seems to be a nice guy, now remember, Sam, and, Sam has been around Cody a lot because of Dante, and Maxie really doesn't know Cody too well, except for the fact that, he, that he's courting, or flirting with Britt. And they say that he's, you know, a nice guy, or seems like a nice guy. And Spinelli said that you could not be more wrong. Um, and then at the end of the show, the clip, Friday cliffhanger, cliffhanger was Spinelli pleaded with Britt not to go out with Cody again. So, you know, then that kind of picked up on Monday. But regardless, you know, I'm wondering how it's going to go. I'm wondering where the episode is going to go and where the storyline is going to go. Who is Cody? When will we find out who Cody is? Uh, we know his name is Cody Bell. We know that Catherine Bell was a, a character years ago. 
you know, is he someone related to her? Or is he another person? Did he change his last name? Is he another one of Faison's children? Which, again, why would you want to date Brit knowing that she's Faison's daughter? You know what I mean? Um, you've already got enough people crying about the Sam and Dante when they share siblings, even though there's no relation between them. Um, God forbid you have an incestuous couple. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. But that's the general hospital recap for the most part. And I know I bounced around a little bit, but um, I feel it was warranted. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily go storyline to storyline to storyline to storyline. I kind of jump back and forth because that's how the show is. Okay? Um, moving on. WWE. Triple H. Friday Night SmackDown. Monday Night Raw. Let me tell you something. The... Triple H regime, the Triple H era has been ushered in and has not stopped. Now, we know that he's got to make a splash, right? We know he's got to make a lot of moves right now to get those those lapsed fans. The guys, the people that were so upset, you know, back, you know, 2020, 2021, uh, even earlier this year when so many people were released because of budget cuts, right? And, you know, a lot of them had a lot of good talent and Triple H was the one that, that kind of catered that talent because of the simple fact that he's the one that put NXT on the map and brought these people up. You know, whether it's Dakota Sky or EO Sky, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Bailey. Now we could add a couple more people to the mix. First off, on Friday Night SmackDown at the end of the show, Karrion, Cross, and Scarlet are back. They jumped at the chance to come back. They were They had an, you know, Kind of like a per-date deal with MLW and Control Your Narrative. Neither one of them was a full-time contract. And Karrion Cross came back. Triple H took it. And Karrion Cross being put, he's the number two heel on SmackDown now. Right? He's going right into that, that title picture with Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, exactly where he belongs. Right? So, big props to Triple H for bringing him back. Because, you know, Karrion Cross in NXT... Was pushed to the moon. He was fantastic. Two-time NXT champion. When he got to Raw, Vince killed him. Vince killed the character of Karrion Cross by making him into some demolition ripoff. You know what I mean? They took Scarlet away from him. They took the, the, the whole image, the whole character away from him. And now he's back. And he came back and, and Scarlet brought the the, uh, time, the hourglass in and flipped it over right in the ring on, on uh, Roman Reigns and TikTok. The time has come after uh, Karrion Cross took out Drew McIntyre. I am loving the Viking Raiders, right? The, the fact that the Viking Raiders are healed now, fantastic. I absolutely love it. I love what they did against Kofi Kingston. And you know what? When Kofi Kingston came out with the kendo stick on Friday night, it was the first time in a long time that I would actually been interested by something Kofi Kingston done. I didn't care about Kofi Mania. And the whole world title run because it wasn't believable, right? It really wasn't believable. And then to lose in eight seconds to Brock Lesnar on the very first SmackDown on Fox, right? It wasn't believable. Now, you know what? He needed that weapon. He needed that kendo stick to get even with the, the with a bigger team, right? And then to escape with a win over Eric of the Viking Raiders after. You know, the Viking Raiders already had a squash match against two jobbers. Um, 
I am enjoying that. I, I love that they have a new, you know, and they're going to get pushed. They're going to get that, 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 that dynamite push. No pun intended. Um, you know, but I have to say that, I, you know, I don't know what happened to Xavier Woods. Was he injured again? I mean, I know they showed last week that he was injured by the Viking Raiders, but in, in, in general, is he injured again? Or is he off doing, you know, a game show or something? I don't know. I've never been a New Day fan. Um, I, to me, it's kind of like one of those cartoony gimmicks that, you know, really shouldn't be in today's, you know. That's why it's like Big E needed to almost break away from the New Day, even though it was a draft choice, right? Um, and and he got the world title, then he got hurt again. Um, but either way, I, I see that... Um, it's going to be great with the Viking Raiders, you know, maybe get another tag team in there, like, um, the Usos and the Viking Raiders, you know, they're going to turn the blood, bloodline babyface, I would assume, you know, because they're already over. I mean, the fact is that you've got the Usos who are, you know, over 380 days tag team, SmackDown tag team champions, and now they're the unified tag champions, right? Roman Reigns over 700 days is the, um... Universal Champion, and now he's both the Unified WWE Universal Champion. Um, you know, the Bloodline has everything. They have all the gold. I am not even counting the 24-7 Championship or the Women's Championship right now. But the Bloodline has everything. They can go from back and forth, show to show. Although, USA does want a major title back on Raw, so we're going to see that WWE Championship change hands sooner rather than later and split those titles up. Um... So we'll see how that goes and how that happens. I don't think they're going to hold off till WrestleMania. I think it's going to happen. Maybe a clash of the castle, clash at the castle, or Survivor Series. Because, quite honestly, what they're probably going to end up doing in Survivor Series now. Normally, Survivor Series you have the U.S. Champion versus the Intercontinental Champion. Right now, it'd be Bobby Lashley versus Gunther, which fantastic match. I, I'd love to see that. But who do you have for tag teams? You've got the Usos who have the Unified titles, right? So you've got to have a tournament or somehow to get a uh, tag team ready from Raw to face the Usos for those Raw Tag Team Championships, right? And then you've got to have somebody ready from Raw to get that WWE Championship away from Roman Reigns. Now, because they you know, had their SmackDown titles first, I would assume that the Raw titles would be the ones on the line in Survivor Series. And this is just coming off the top of my head. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but... I think it's going to be something to see when you've got Roman Reigns. You know, will it be Theory? Will Theory cash in, you know, the money in the bank during that match to only get the WWE Championship away from Roman Reigns and go to Raw with that title, right? Um, Brock Lesnar, I think, is going to be done for a while. They're going to take him out of the title picture because uh, him and Roman have fought so much. And, and, yeah, it draws money, especially after SummerSlam. But I think SummerSlam was the ending to that storyline. That ending that funeral, that that rivalry right now, that feud. So, give Brock somebody else. Maybe let Brock go against Lashley. Maybe put Brock against Drew McIntyre. Maybe put Brock against you know anybody. You know what I mean? Somebody else who who can you know keep getting good matches with Brock. You know, put Brock with AJ Styles. You know what? I I think that would be a fantastic match. Um, Randy Orton hopefully will be back soon. So, you know, maybe that could be a feud for Brock. I mean, the only time they actually fought was the SummerSlam a number of years ago, and Brock took him out. Um, but, 
you know what? Let's keep Brock as a babyface. You know, he's getting he's getting over as a babyface. Let's keep it that way. Um, and moving on to WWE Monday Night Raw, um, there was no pay-per-views over the weekend. Like maybe Impact had some, but AEW had Battle of the Belts. Again, I'm not watching AEW. I don't care about Tony Khan. As a matter of fact, a lot of the rumor in Indiana right now is that backstage at AEW is chaotic. It's the worst that anybody has ever seen. Tony is, uh, I guess, withdrawn. Or, you know, I mean, he's going to end up burning out because he's doing everything on his own. I don't know if they have a writing team. You know, I, I know QT Marshall and or QT Marshall had uh, been saying, oh, yeah, we, we're part of the whole writing community or writing committee, and we text each other storylines back and forth. I don't know if that's the case or not. But if it's not, um, you know, Tony Khan needs help, you know. Reach out to some of the older wrestlers, you know. Get some good storylines in there. But he also has to have good wrestlers in order to do that. So, outside of FTR and Jericho and, you know what I mean, he really doesn't have that many really good wrestlers. Miro. Miro is really good. But I wonder how many people are going to try to get out of their contracts now that Triple H is in charge in WWE. Um, will AEW go through a time of locking down their contract, their, their, their contracted talent? Um, because, you know, according to Tony Khan, you know, Miro and Adam Cole and Malachi Black, they'll have like five-year deals. So they're not going anywhere until like 2025 or 26. So we'll see how that, how that happens, right? Um, how that goes off. So, um, moving on to Monday Night Raw. Now, from what I've now, I watch the Hulu version. Okay, again, going back to how important streaming is, I watched the Hulu version. The Hulu version took everything out with with Kevin Owens, um, everything at all. Kevin Owens and Elias, and how you know the prize fighter gimmick is back, and you know, and then with the car crash with uh, Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Um, so I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is the picture that I saw going around the internet. At the end of the show, who was being taken out in handcuffs? Dexter Loomis, another one returning, um, who was let go earlier this year. Um, Dexter Loomis was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, with that going through, with that going on, uh, at Dexter Loomis now, could that mean that you know um, Indy Hartwell is being moved up to the main roster? Could that mean that Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano are coming back to the company? You know, there was a couple of references to DIY on Monday Night Raw, which is Ciampa and, and Gargano. So let's find out how it's going to go and if if anybody's going to come back to the company now with, with Dexter Loomis. You know, they're all WWE homegrown talent. It's not like Triple H is going, uh, going through the indies and picking people out. You know what I mean? No, they're WWE homegrown talent. They, they were released for, gosh, budget, supposed budget cuts. But now... Without Vince there to kind of, you know, put the kibosh and veto a lot of stuff, Triple H is doing things and building his roster the way he needs to. I think it's going to be fantastic. Who's next? In the immortal words of Goldberg, who's next? Um, they are doing a WWE Women's Tag Team Tournament um, for the Women's Tag Team title, right? Um, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go to WWE.com to put that. Um, to get you that uh, those brackets, right? Outside of Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, who who knows if they're going to be uh, on on the show next week or if they're going to be able to um, put that together 
because of it. Um, but in the first round, Dana Brooke and Tamina, they got defeated by Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Um, Alexa Bliss and Asuka, they take on Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop. Will that be next week, or, or did Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop have to um, forfeit? I don't know because they didn't show it on Hulu. Um, and then you have um, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Zia Lee and Shotzi, right? So the first four team, the first four teams are from Raw. The second four teams, there's, it's a little bit of a mix-up, right? So Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah and Zia Lee and Shotzi are both um, part of SmackDown. Um, both those teams, all four of those women are part of SmackDown. And then um, you've got Natalya and Tony Deville, also from SmackDown. But then they're facing Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark from NXT. I don't know much about Nikita Lyons outside of the fact that she looks damn good. Um, you know, and she's very, very beautiful and attractive. Uh, Zoe Stark, I don't know much about either. So, are they being called up? How's their work ethic? You know what I mean? And they're not using Lacey Evans. You know, from what I've heard, Lacey Evans was like a Vince project. And Triple H isn't too keen on her or, or isn't, you know, one of her biggest... I, I don't know. What are they doing with that? So, we'll see. But we do know that Yosuke and Dakota, Dakota Kai have advanced. Um, so, we'll see about the other uh, half of that bracket along with the SmackDown bracket going forward. Uh, I'm assuming starting on SmackDown this week. Um... And, of course, the Women's Tag Team Championship goes back and forth between brands because they're not going to... They don't have enough women's tag teams to go back and forth, um, you know, to have only a Raw Women's Tag Team and a SmackDown Women's Tag Team, right? Um, so we'll see how that goes along. Um, but I do... I am anxious, you know, will they bring up Toxic Attraction at one point? Um, will they bring up, again, Indy Hartwell and bring Candice LeRae back? Um, they do need to... They do need to put a little bit more of a foundation in these tag teams. Now, we know that EO Sky and Dakota Kai are part of a faction, right? But the the other six girl, the other six teams are just put together, or seven teams are just put together random women. You know, um, you you really don't have any autonomy between any of those teams. Yeah, Alexa Bliss and Asuka have come, kind of come to the rescue of um, of Bianca Belair over the past couple of weeks, but. Again, there's no real female tag team. I would have much rather seen, no matter how much I can't really stand how they work, but the Bella Twins. They're an actual established women's tag team. Um, you know, same thing, you know, even if you want to call it Sasha Banks and Naomi, you know, um, an established tag team because they have the titles. But I want to see these teams get established. I don't want to see, like, the one and done, okay, like, Tamina and Dana Brooke got, got beat this bad money, now they're just going on their own way. No, you know, keep at least two or three good women's tag teams, if not more. You know, and I get the business proposition behind it, the, the reason why um, WWE has been so hesitant to do um, tag teams in general, you know, and tag team wrestling went through a, um, a big pitfall because of it. Um, you're paying four guys for one match. When you can easily get away with two guys for one match. Or you do a triple threat, you know, again, you have four, but at least it's, you know, kind of different because you have better storylines that way. But tag team, in tag teams in general, they, they're just not um, something that Vince liked. You know, after the 80s, you know, you had a brief resurgence in the 90s, but again, a lot of them were just guys thrown together. The Rocket Sock Connection was just The Rock and Mick Foley put together. You know, Austin and Shawn Michaels. Um, 
you know, after you had like the the downfall of the LOD and the, and the um, smoking guns, then you had the New Age Outlaws. But even with the New Age Outlaws, you had X Pac and Kane. You had, um, the, you know, you had you did have the factions at one point, the DOA, Nation of Domination, comma uh, comma and Delo or Delo and Mark Henry. Um, you know, you had DX with the New Age Outlaws or even Sean and Hunter um, before the New Age Outlaws became part of DX. Um, you know, you had Owen and the Bulldog until the screw job. You had, you know, Owen joining the nation. Um, you know, so you had, uh, after the Attitude Era, you know, you'd have, you'd have smatterings. You had Billy and Chuck, right? But who, who else really fought? You know, you had three men of warning. But again, who really, you know, at that point in time, I think you had uh, RVD and Kane, or Kane, you know what I mean? So you had certain teams, but they really weren't established, and you, you can't really get established until you have, like, five or six matches together, and you get some kind of continuity, some kind of chemistry together. Um, you know, seven out of these eight teams have never, haven't been together um, in general at all. So I, I, I'm wondering who they're going to put the titles on. Will it be Eos Guy and Dakota Kai, and then you have Bailey come back to take the title from Bianca, you know, with, with Becky Lynch out for a while now. And, you know, with her, you know, bad arm. I'm honestly not sure. So, that remains to be seen. Um, so, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week, or this coming Friday on SmackDown. I can't wait. Uh, I, I've heard I've heard rumors that uh, Solo Sokoa is going to be coming up, whether to be a part of the bloodline or feud with the bloodline. I don't know. Um... You know, we'll see what goes on with the uh, AJ Styles and the Miz from Monday Night Raw, and uh, you know we'll see what happens because AJ Styles did beat the Miz in a, in a no disqualification match. Um, you know, let's see what happens with Kevin Owens. You know, is he the prize fighter gimmick again? You know, he obliterated Ezekiel with an apron powerbomb, um, at least from what I'm reading online. You know, they're they're going to have a WrestleMania launch party at. Uh, you know, uh, SoFi, uh, yeah, SoFi Stadium on August 11th, this coming Thursday. So if you're in the California, Los Angeles area, it's free admission. You know, it's, it's uh, WrestleMania, you know, build up to WrestleMania, right? Um, you've also got uh, Clash at the Castle on September 3rd. That's going to be live on Saturday, a premium live event from from over in the UK. Um you know, WrestleMania tickets are going on sale Friday. Um, great match. One thing I, I do want to point out is great match last night. Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor. Finn Balor won clean against Rey Mysterio. Granted, he had a little bit of outside shenanigans. Uh, Damian Priest was out there, but then Edge came to um, take out, uh, you know, Damian Priest and get him out of there. And then Rhea Ripley came out with a fireman's carry on Dominic, and Dominic had been shown to have been beat up, and that's what ended, ended up uh, losing the match uh, to, to Balor, uh, you know, Mysterio losing to Balor. So, you know, because Mysterio was concerned about his son, which, of course, every father would be, and that distracted Mysterio and uh, allowed Finn to get him with the coup de grace and win the match. Um you know, Bobby Lashley's happy to be a continue being a Friday champion, uh, fighting champion. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm enjoying Monday Night Raw. I'm enjoying Friday Night's back out again. 
like Raw being thir three hours, like I wish I had the time to sit and watch uh, live. I don't, but uh, you know, at the same time, I'm happy that Hulu has at least a 90, 90 uh, minute version. And then if I really want to, in 30 days, I'll be able to watch it on, the, on Peacock. So that's pretty much it when it comes to that. And we are just about out of time. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to sign off. Right? Um, my name is uh, Vinny Apicella. Thank you for listening to the Suds and the Squared Circle Suds and the Squared Circle podcast. Again, you can find this anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, you know, everywhere. Stitcher, Spotify, Podcast Addict, um, everywhere. Stitcher. Um, follow me, follow us, or follow me on Twitter at VAppsLSWE. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Suds SQ Circle Pod. Um, on TikTok, you can follow the show at Suds underscore square underscore circle. Um, you know, email us, Suds in the Squared Circle. Uh, or I'm sorry, no, email us at sportswireaudio at gmail.com. And then, and then you can go ahead and buy merchandise. SWE Audio dot, I'm sorry, no, Suds in the Squared Circle. Right? I think, hold on, I have to uh, check that out. Um, where are we? Uh, let's see. Yes, the merch is Suds Square Circle at dot threadless dot com. So Suds dot. I'm done. Let me start over. Suds Square Circle dot threadless dot com. So Suds S U D S Square S Q U A R E Circle dot threadless. So T H R E A D L E S S dot com. So buy our merch. It's got the. Uh, I've got the. Um, the logo, um, I've got the logo, uh, shirts up there for the Sons of the Squared Circle podcast, but I also have an oldie buddy goodie, the, uh, Sportswire logo up there as well. So definitely go ahead and buy the shirts and, um, you know, buy some merchandise, help, help me out because eventually I would love to have this be my full-time job being in podcasting. So, um, we're just about out of time, been at this for over an hour. Uh, my name is Vinny Apsella. See you next week on Suds and the Squared Circle Podcast.